there and welcome along to the JersNet podcast, the totally free and independent Rangers show which is made by fans for fans and where your champions content is always absolutely free. Uh, it's episode 133 tonight. My name's Ross Bennett. I'll be your JersNet podcast host. It's just gone 9.30 on Sunday the 4th of April, so happy Easter to everyone who's listening. Uh, if you're joining us live tonight on YouTube, then please do uh, let us know your thoughts and your comments on today's game. Thank you very much for giving up your Sunday evening to join us, but you've not got work in the morning, so it's, it's not that big a deal, is it? Um, if you're not listening live, the podcast is always available for download from a Monday morning, and that's available on iTunes, Acast, YouTube, Castbox, Stitcher, and also Spotify. If there's anywhere else where you get your podcasts, I'm sure you can find us there as well. Um, and remember, it's not just the, the podcast that we have here at JersNet, but if you head over to the website at www.jersnet.co.uk, you can also find all the excellent content that we have there, including match previews and reviews, lots of articles, a history archive, and a very, very friendly discussion forum where you can find all of your JersNet podcast contributors, including myself, and tonight's guest, it's just the two of us tonight, um, but do not fear, he is the Sultan of Staunch and he will always provide you with, with excellent content. It's Colin Armstrong. Colin, how are you? I'm very well, Ross. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Have you had a lot of chocolate and Easter goodies? Uh, I'm not, uh, no, I'm not big on the chocolate. I don't I have the odd bit of chocolate now again, but I'm more, a, more of a crisps kind of guy. So if, there was, if, if, if it was crisps you got at Easter, I would have a rare tear, but it's chocolate, so... A nice leg of lamb today, though, must admit. Nice leg of lamb and uh, a wee glass of red. So, yeah, that was good. Excellent. I thought you were going to make a comment about you, know, you don't get a body like this by eating chocolate, but you will. Oh, you do. <laughs> <laughs> you do get a body like this by eating chocolate. Fair <laughs> or enough. crisps, or crisps in, in, my, uh, in my case. It's okay. The, the camera sort of only catches you from here up. So, from there up, you're looking, you're looking fine. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still doing my running, so I'm all right. That's uh, a I know you. I lost, you I, lost, I lost a bit of weight before Christmas, but that's back on now. That's a shame. I know you like your five-a-side football, which is obviously sort of panned during these these COVID times. So I'm glad to see uh, that you're keeping in shape. It's well, I'm good. trying. You know, when you get to a certain age, it becomes harder, Ross. You know, you've you've got that joy to look forward to. I wouldn't know. You know I, mean? I wouldn't know. I'm getting. <laughs> you know what? It, it, we've tipped into April now, so I'm I'm now six months away from turning thirty. And I'm starting to like that. That's when it all goes downhill. That's, that's, that's a turning point. I don't know if it can go downhill much more than it already has, to be honest. Oh, um, when you're two years off 50, you'll, you'll come back and tell me that I was right. <laughs> Fair enough. That's you going for 55 soon enough. Yeah, aye. Right, we're not here to wallow in despair about the state of our personal lives and bodies. Uh, we're here to talk about Rangers. Um, it's quite an odd one for us, actually, because the game only finished about 25 minutes ago, it feels like. So, yeah. Um, Aye, a Sunday evening kickoff at six thirty. I, I don't know if you thought that was a good idea, but um, catering for the TV cameras, if, if you can call Premier Sports a TV channel, um, actually, it was, it was okay the day. But a six thirty on a Sunday is hardly ideal when you've got a podcast kicking off at nine thirty. So um, we'll do our best. We maybe don't have as much preparation as we usually do, but we're very very knowledgeable about Rangers, so we should be fine. Um, so Colin Cove Rangers today at Ibrox, the first time we've had a competitive game against them, led by the. Um, I think universally adored Paul Hartley. Um, and first thing to say, I think, is that the starting lineup comes out and, and fairly heavy rotation, but but still quite a strong squad. What did you make of the, the starting eleven today? Yeah, I mean, I think we all expected a wee bit of rotation, but also I think we talked we talked about this on Friday, eh, myself and Alex. You know, you know who would come in and who wouldn't. I still think Gerard's stung a wee bit for St Mum. You know what I mean? And I think he diluted the quality of the squad too much that night. And we paid a price. So yeah, I mean the, the main one I wanted to see get getting game time today was, was was Scott Wright and and he got that. Thought Simpson would have made an appearance. We were surprised not to see him in the starting lineup, but I think Gerard 
you know, answered that question. You know, I think he rolled in his ankle through the week and missed a couple of days training, so he wasn't available. So it's a shame for him because I think he would have got some some decent game time today. Uh, so yeah, <clears throat> good to get to see boys getting some game time and, and getting a run about. But I also think, I mean, the league's done four weeks ago. You know what I mean? That's that's how easy it's been. It was it was a month ago the night that we won it, <coughs> and. Uh, Aye, I mean, a, a bonus would be to go the season undefeated and all that kind of thing. The Europa League's went, you know, that went in the last round. So the main focus now is the Scottish Cup. So I, I, I think Gerard was right to put a, a stronger team than maybe we would have expected out there, uh, you know, just to make sure that we got the job done. And if you get it done fairly quickly, you can start to introduce boys in the second half, and that's what he done. So, yeah, I'm a wee bit surprised that Simpson wasn't there, but that was explained. Happy with Ivan and happy with the way the team performed today. I thought they were outstanding today. Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the thing that struck me about the starting eleven was that it was definitely, in, in some areas, a, a sort of second string or a slightly weaker than it, than it might have been. Still, some, you know, so Connor Goldson, Philip Palander, Glenn Kamara, some some very very strong and, and established first team players there. But the thing that struck me was the number of players who have only just returned from international duty. Yeah. You know, Philip Hollander, Glenn Kamara, Giannis Hadji coming on, um, one or two others who have been away with their national team, John McLaughlin, um, been away with the national team and and come straight back in and and, and slot in and, and didn't look out of place at all. And Okay, sure, you're, you're up against a part-time team who maybe won't have the, the same fitness levels as you'd expect in, in the Premiership. But um, yeah, even, even with the rotation today, it was still a, a very, very strong squad. And you're right, that, that, that probably does heart back a wee bit to St Mirren a few months ago and Stephen Gerrard having not won the Scottish Cup is is clearly showing a lot of respect to this competition yeah. um, Europa League's gone it's no secret that this is the aim now and he's going to treat every single round with respect um, but you're right performance wise very professional very encouraging um, and, and very pleasing I thought particularly at the start first 10-15 minutes was very fast very tenacious a um, couple of instances where you know, a ball across the face from Scott Wright and, and Defoe could have a tap in. Kamar Roof hits the post. Were you impressed with that kind of ferocity that we came out of the blocks with? Yeah, I mean, it was all and it was all nice one one and two touch stuff as well. You know, lots of giving goes, lots of movement off the ball. I mean, you, you have to apply the context of who we're playing. You know, it's Cove Rangers who are League One and. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to be stronger than them. We're going to be fatter than them. We're, we're going to be quicker than them, especially when you take into consideration they've only played, I think, 14 games this season. Their season has been heavily curtailed with the COVID stuff. So you kind of expect us to be, a, a you know, a, a level above them. But you can be a level above and just go out there and, and, and go through the motions and, and get the result. The, the way they played, it, it reminded me of how we were sort of playing sort of around about October, November, December time, you know, we were really rare, you know, nice one two touch stuff, blowing teams away, and that kind of that's that's kind of slipped away a wee bit, uh, sort of post Christmas and into the new year. Uh, again, I know it's only Cove Rangers, and you know you expect to beat these teams, but the the, the way we went about it, I mean, I, I, I joked to my son I was like, towards the end, I was like, how many shots have we had in goal today? You know, even I mean, even in the second half, towards the end, it felt like every two three minutes, you know, we were having having a shot over the bar, or the keepers making a save, or getting a corner. And, it was just relentless. So it was good to see, and, and as I said, it's good to see that with, with, with the likes of Wright. I thought Wright was outstanding today, you know, and he's impressed me since he's came to the club, and, and I've wanted to see him get a start. I wanted to, wanted to see him get a goal today, uh, but that wasn't to be. But 
Yeah, very, very impressive performance. Just just a, a tempo that they, they guys just could live with. You know what I mean? They were, they were chasing shadows uh, for large chunks of the game. And you, you would maybe have to give them a wee bit of space for their second half performance because there's every chance that could have been six, seven, eight today. You know what I mean? But I mean, we were quite wasteful in the second half. But they also defended quite well, I thought. You know, they got a few blocks in and all that kind of stuff. So you have to give them some praise. <coughs> Although Paul Hartley's still a prick. You know what I mean? I think we can all agree on that. Uh, but no, a second half, you would have to give them it. They were professional enough. Because I, 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 I did think last 15, 10 minutes, the fact that they've not had a huge amount of football recently would, would start to, to play in things. and Maybe nick another couple of goals, but that wasn't to be. Uh, so yeah, great performance. I, I thought, I mean, they did start well, but I thought all through the game, we, we looked... Really, really good. Uh, a wee bit wasteful in the second half, but we're in the next round and we all know what's waiting for us there. Aye, exactly. That's it. And, and I think the word that we probably use for today is, is professional. That's certainly the word that Gerard has used in his Rangers TV post-match interview. Is, is a, it was a professional performance. And that's probably summed us up this season. It's is very, very professional. Yeah. Um, I think you're right that second half may be a wee bit wasteful, but credit to them last-ditch blocks and, and they, they didn't seem to tire maybe in the way that we thought that they would and um, maybe we we didn't really seem to ease off it just never really clicked in the final third in the, in the second half but um, one we worked as well for the co-rangers lads who's gone down injured apparently you know, it doesn't look like a very pleasant one and I think it's his birthday tomorrow growing up a Rangers fan so no one nice for him but um Aye, some some wonderful shots of Mr. Hartley sat on the bench. Can absolutely yeah, he uh, was he was not happy looking. Oh. And and I think uh, I love the fact that when he was sitting on the dugout right in front of him in the govern stand was that big banner on the seat saying "Champions Fifty Five and all that kind of. He must have been spewing. You know what I mean? Get it right off him. That's yeah. what I say. That's a bitter face, isn't it? <laughs> um, listen, the, the breakthrough came. You know, maybe a, a wee while after it should have done because we we had a lot of chances in the first 15, 20 minutes, but. Um, a wonderful, lovely, lovely strike from Jermaine Defoe, who's um, that's taken him to 30 goals in his Rangers career. And he's, you know, he's been here a couple of years now, but um, for any striker to get to 30 goals at this club, considering the, the limited game time that he's had coming off the bench and, and you know, playing maybe yeah, yeah, games like today when, when the squad has a lot of rotation to get to 30 goals, I think is it's actually pretty impressive at his stage of his career. How would you assess the impact that Defoe has had over the last couple of seasons, has he kind of achieved what he was brought in to achieve? I mean, I, I would imagine, I think every player, regardless of their age, wants more game time. And, and I think he will be quite frustrated. Uh, but I think you're right. I, I, had to, I had to take a double take when, I think it was Rory Hamilton doing the commentary today. I'm sure he said 30 goals and 67 appearances. And I actually tell you, my mate, did he just say 30 goals and 67 appearances? He's like, oh, I never heard that. Uh, I think his house was a madhouse with the wains and all that running about so he couldn't hear the commentary I was like I, 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 that, that's an incredible strike rate for a, for, you know, for a guy 38 years old who's not who doesn't get a huge amount of minutes I would like to see how many minutes he goes you know per goal kind of thing it, it can't be a huge amount of time you know what I mean because he only comes on he tends to get game time in games like this you know against lower league opposition uh, occasionally gets a game and you know the league games comes on here and there not a huge amount of minutes, but 30 goals and 67 appearances. I think that tells you everything you need to know about the guy. You know, I think he's vegan. Is that right? I think he's vegan, teetotal, all that kind of thing. You know, so it, he applies himself to his, to his craft. You know what I mean? He's totally committed uh, to making himself the, the, the best version of himself. 
uh, and it shows. But I think another thing with, with Defoe is what he does behind the scenes. And we'll never know what that is, but you get the strong impression that he does a lot behind the scenes, you know. And, and I mean, it must be good for, I mean, someone like uh, uh, Patterson, for example, who's he, 19, 20 years old, sharing a dressing room with someone like, you know, Jermaine Defoe, who he'll have watched, you know, on Sky and all the rest of it when he was growing up. Oh, you can't help but be impressed with that and, and follow his example and follow his lead and see what he's doing that's made him the sort of player that he is today. So, yeah, he's doing a lot behind the scenes. I think he's been good for Morelos. I don't think there's any sort of hiding that. I think he's he's really helped Morelos develop his game and maybe take that wee sort of edge off him, uh, you know, the, the sort of daft stuff he gets involved in. So, yeah, I think he's... I mean, they were having a discussion today about whether he should get another year. I always, I always look at the value for money side. Of, you know, it depends on you know his salary and all that kind of thing. But if if it's reasonable terms, I would be quite happy for him to be there for another year because if he's not doing something on the part, then he's then he's helping behind the scenes. So yeah, I'd be happy to see him stay. Yeah, I think that's it's an interesting one because he's not getting minutes. We don't know what he's doing behind the scenes. I imagine, given his kind of career to date and the clubs he's played for I think he'll be on a fairly punchy salary obviously no idea what it'll be but I, I imagine it's towards the top end um, are you getting value for money from that? Hard to say when we, we don't know what goes on at the training ground Well, well on the part you would have to say no. Questionably no, no, you're not getting the minutes out of him I mean you're getting the, when he's playing you're getting the goals but he's not playing enough to justify a huge salary so it does depend what he's doing behind the scenes uh, and if Steven Gerrard judges that he's doing enough behind the scenes to warrant another deal, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be happy for him to stay because it, I, I always go back after, I think I've, I've mentioned this before on, on, on the show, there was a, a, an interview with Graham Soonish years ago when he was when he was Rangers manager and he was talking about Ray Wilkins and he said he was getting more off from Ray Wilkins off the park than he was on it and I never, I was only like 14, 15 at the time, I was like, eh? How, how does that work? You know what I mean? But as you get older, you start to appreciate what he's talking about. And he's just talking about what he does in and around the dressing room and, and, and how he conducts himself and the, the example he sets and, and what he does for other players. So that, there is that part of it. You know what I mean? Some players will come in and just focus on themselves and not say very much. And there's other guys that come in and, and, and really get behind the whole dressing room and the squad and, and help people out. So it looks like the foes a lot. You know what I mean? And he, he's you know setting an example for other people in that dressing room. So again, it's you don't know what budget's available because of the COVID situation. Obviously, we might have Champions League next season, but you know, depending on the budget and you know what sort of salary we'd be looking for, it's always dependent on value for money. But if, if the club view it as it's worthwhile doing, then I would be happy to see him there because he's, he's doing a job. You know, what I mean, both on and off the park. I think is it's. He's scoring some lovely goals. You know, the yeah. goal at Livingston earlier in the season um, and the goal today was it was stunning. And it's funny because he he, he missed incredibly easy chances. Yeah. And then he goes and, and drills that in the bottom corner for 25 I was, yards. I was, I was actually shouting at him when he went to shoot because I don't know, I think it was Roof. Aye. It was either Roof or Arfield. Someone was on the right-hand side who looked like if he just plays the run, the run. Mm. I'm just kidding. What you did? All right. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> no arguments. It's <laughs> one of those. I mean, their their defence are backing off him so so much. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if I was their manager, um, firstly I'd be gutted because I'm Paul Hartley. But, but <laughs> if I was their manager, and, 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 and you'd look like you need a good wash. Uh, you know I mean? I'd be furious at that defending because you're like guys. 
<laughs> you kind of be surprised that this guy taking a shot on, you know, number of caps he's got, number of goals over his career. Why are you giving him space 20 yards out front and centre of the goal? But there's also a bit of that, you know, as a defender, you'll go, on you go, mate. You know what I mean? You're not going to do anything for there. All right. <laughs> that, that, that makes sense when it's week one and you're playing Airdrie, yeah. Falkirk or whoever, but not Defoe. Anyway, look, we're not here to talk about their defence. It, it's a funny one with Defoe because I think a lot of whether he'll get that contract or not obviously comes down to budgets, of course, but trying to anticipate the minutes that he'll get next season will will partially deal with or be related to, I suppose, what's going to happen to Morelos this summer and trying to anticipate if this is the summer that he gets his move. And it's easy for us to say probably, but we've said probably for two or three years now. Yeah, I'm fed um, up. I'm, I'm fed up trying to speculate what's happening around because I've said it. I've said every year we've done this that I'll uh, be away in the summer. Exactly. So it's a, that, that's one of the factors. The other factor is Kemar Roof, who we'll come on to talk about him in, in just a second. But if Kemar Roof cannot stay fit to do a whole season, can we afford to get rid of Jermaine Defoe? We'd need to bring someone else in to replace him. And and can you? necessarily replace someone who's scoring in 50% of the games that they, that they appear in. It's a difficult one. Um, I think Kamar Roof today showed a lot of hunger, a lot of drive, a lot of appetite, and, and obviously picked up two goals, kind of poachers' efforts. Um, 14 goals, again, the commentary team was sort of providing me with all the stats today, but 14 goals for him this season. And what has been a very, very interrupted season because of his injuries this season. How important do you think this guy could be if we can keep him fit next year, I, 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 I seriously doubt. I think he's he's another version of Ryan Jack. You know, what I mean, I just think this is it's in him. It's part of his makeup. You know, what I mean, I, th- I think it's a similar issue. Is it not always his calf? One of his calves that go. So it, it just looks like that's part of his, uh, you know, genetic makeup. That you know he's going to he's going to play a certain amount of games and then be out for a certain amount of games. I don't think. Stephen Gerrard strikes me as a shrewd character, and I don't think he would, you know, gamble on expecting to get a huge amount of games out of Kamar Roof. I think he knows that he's going to miss a few games. So if Morelos is going in the summer, uh, I don't think Defoe is enough, <laughs> nowhere near enough. You know what I mean? He's, I, I don't think you can go with him week in, week out at 38 year old. So I think we would need to find a replacement because I. Eaton, I like Eaton. He's a good, he's a good player, and I think there's there's a, there's a, a future for him at Rangers. But you know, I don't think he's quite ready yet to, to lead the line. So you would you would have to try and go out and find a, a proven goal scorer. See the amount of chances we've we've missed today, and I've I've, I've said this a few times this season. I, I, this will sound harsh, and I don't mean it to be harsh, but there's an argument to say that the front line is the weakest part of our, our team because the amount of chances we create. We don't, you know, how many how many chances did we miss today? You know, I mean, it, it, it always feels to me. I'm I'm saying to myself, see if we properly click, we are going to give one team a right doing, you know, a proper six seven nil job. Ah, well, and, we we did with Hamilton. Hamilton, right? but I'm talking about, you know, if, if everybody gives Hamilton a doing every now and again, you know what I mean. But I'm I'm talking about like a top six team. We're going to give someone a proper scudding because the way we play and and the, the amount of chances we create, I don't. Don't think that quite yet we're getting the amount of goals at that front three. I don't think. I mean, Kent's chipped in recently, but over the season, I don't think he's chipped in quite enough. Morelos has came to the fore recently, but he was sort of struggling a wee bit earlier on. Roof's in there, but then he's out. You know what I mean? So there's, there's. I mean, I, I was, I was looking at that game today, thinking, imagine Chris Boyd in that penalty box. It would, 
he'd have scored about seven today. You know, I mean, the amount of chances, the amount of chances, the amount of time Scott Wright was getting to that byline and, and Patterson was getting to that byline and cutting the ball back. You're just sitting there. If Chris Boyd was in that box, he would have scored for fun today. And I, I think somebody, a, a striker like that, you know, a natural finisher, the, the way we create chances would score for fun in that team. So if, if Morelos does go, it's, it's something we'll need to do. We'll need to find someone who, who fits in that team because I think if we find the right player, We'll have a field day in that team. And you have to say that Roof is having a field day. It doesn't play a lot of the times, but when he does play, he, you know, he's, he's, he scores a lot of goals. So, yeah, uh, it's, it's, if, if, if we get a proper Ali McCoy 30 goals a season type striker in that, in that penalty box, for the amount of chances that we are creating, we'll score for fun. Well, just, I mean, looking at the stats of the Scottish Premiership this season, Roof is the, of anyone who's scored more than four goals, Roof has the best minutes per goal ratio. Yeah. He's scoring every 115 minutes, which is which is excellent. You know, it's it's almost one a game when you factor in stoppage time and things like that. So, um, it's a, it's it's a tough but one. He's, he's not consistent enough. You know, he's, he's you know consistent. you know after five or six games, he's he's going to be injured again. You know, and it yeah. seems to me that that's plagued his career. And it's maybe something that's curtailed his career. It's maybe something you could maybe say those stats would point to a move to a, a, a bigger club. But they're they're not going to invest if, if they're not going to get the minutes and the games out of him. So that's maybe why he's he's operating at the level that he's operating. But I mean, I think we could be in danger of coming across as overly critical here, and we're coming off the back of a four 0 victory today. And I suppose again, if you're the Cove Rangers manager, you're you get to two, three, four 0 down, and your tactic becomes throw your body in the way of the shot. Do not let it get to five, six, seven, eight goals. That's it, and and that's what they've done. And um, I think if any team goes in it, and you know, four 0 down at half time, all you do is try and win the second half. Yeah, yeah. You know, what I mean, that's it. The, 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 you accept that the game's gone. It's just like, right, okay, we just go and try and either draw the second half or win the second half. You know, and knock, knock a goal. So th- that's how they've done it. And they, you just have to give them some credit. They defended pretty well, but I thought we were quite wasteful. The amount of chances that we created were. It was a hot knife through butter at times, you know. It was a, it was a joy to watch. Again, I need to put the context in that it's Cove Rangers and the league one side, but it was it was it was a joy to watch at times the way we were cutting them up. It was it was really enjoyable to watch. You, you've you've mentioned um, Scott Wright again. We'll, we'll come on to talk about him in a moment. I thought he was instrumental in a lot of that. But someone else that I really enjoyed watching today was Nathan Patterson. Um, and again, maybe it took five, ten, fifteen minutes to warm into the game. But Patterson, I thought, was was outstanding today, and and he chipped in, getting the fourth goal of the game. Um, yes, honking defending from the boy who plays a a slack pass across his own eighteen yard line, which is you know uh, you're six, seven years old at school being told not to do that. Um, but Patterson, I thought he showed good hunger, good pace, and and bravery to actually nick that ball away and and, and slot it behind the keeper because he knew he could get a clattering off the goalkeeper there. Um, I think in the style that Patterson's been playing and the goal that he scored today and then thinking back to the goal that he scored against uh, Antwerp uh, a month, two months ago, um, is it clear, you think, from the style that he's playing that he's he's really been learning from Tavernier? He certainly seems to be a, a full-back in Tavernier's own mold. Yeah, he's, he's similar to Tavernier. You know, he's, he comes forward and, you know, he's got good delivery. He's, you know, he's, he's attacking as much a part of his game. As he's defending, I, I thought I, I thought he had a difficult couple of games against Prague. I must admit, but that's a good test for him. You know, that's that's when he does his learning. You know, he's what is he nineteen? 
to 19. So, you know, he's 19, he's coming in. A lot of 19-year-olds would, would come into a game against Cove Rangers in the Scottish Cup and think, oh my God, I'm playing for Rangers. And, you know, maybe find the occasion a bit daunting. You know, he's he's now settling into the, those type of, type of games because he's played in bigger games. Than he, you know, he's played in the, the Europa League and stuff like that. So it's all part of his development. He's he's learned how to do these things that a game against Cove Rangers at Ibrox probably seems fairly routine to him now. And he look he doesn't look like a young boy who's just broke into the team. You know, he looks settled. But I think uh, who was it today? I think it was McInnes that said, you know, he's he's got a job in his hands, shifting Tav. You know, once Tav's fit, you know, you would have to say that he's he'll, he'll, he'll need to take a back seat again. But Tav's what twenty nine. 30 come, you know, yeah, he's, uh, 28, 29, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, he's, he just needs to, you know, knuckle down and, and take his opportunity when he gets it and, and see what it takes him. But the early, the early signs and the early indications are that, you know, we've got a ready-made replacement for Tav there because he is very similar. You know, he, he gets something down that flank, uh, good delivery. The amount of times he got to that byline a day and cut it across, and, and it just seemed... <laughs> seem to bypass everybody. You know, Rangers players, co-players, everybody's just watching. Somebody just come in and hit that. Uh, but no, he's, he's, he started his Rangers career well. COVID stuff aside, obviously, he made a proper arse of that, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he maybe could have, it could have cost him. You know, it might have cost oh, him his Rangers career. Mm-hmm. Uh, but hopefully he's learned for that as well, you know, and, and that's a wee learning curve from off the park in terms of how he, he needs to conduct himself as a Rangers player. Uh, so yeah, it's all been good, and you know he's he's 19 year old. He's sharing a dressing room uh, with Jermaine Defoe and his manager Stephen Gerrard. You know what I mean? It's not bad for a 19 year old, does it? You know what I mean? You can't no. really complain about that. I would take that, and I'm 48. You know what <laughs> I mean? <laughs> it's it's a strange one. I, I actually I really like him, and I think he fits into the style of play really well. Like I said, I, I think he takes 15 minutes to warm into a game. I think that was the case against Antwerp. I think that was definitely the case. When he came on at halftime against Celtic, um, it took a few minutes. It just came on after halftime. Took a few minutes to warm into it, but when he does, I think he's he doesn't look out of place. And for a 19-year-old, you look at the games that he's been in. Today is the first time. I mean, again, it's Scottish Cup, so you're not going to say it's not a big game. But almost every other game that he's played in has been a, a massive game for Rangers. You know, Europa League against Antwerp, Europa League against Sparta, and then the Premiership, where we are counting down the minutes to winning the title, knowing that every point could be the point that takes us to the league. Those are massive games. We then win the league, and the first game that he gets to play for Rangers in the league with no pressure is the old firm. So every game that he's played has been massive. It'd be lovely for him to be able to play Kilmarnock uh, with no pressure, but he's done so well to kind of to, to slot in and, and not show any disillusionment or, or any fear, I suppose, I think my question, Colin, is what do we do for, for Nathan to make sure that he doesn't follow the path of Glenn Middleton and Ross McCrory, who over the last three or four seasons of doing this podcast, we've sat here and we've talked those two boys up massively when they first come through, only to kind of be left wanting a little bit, their development doesn't take on the way that, that it should, and they find themselves kind of being, being forced out of the club. How do we make sure that that doesn't happen again with Patterson? I don't know if it's an exact science, Ross. I really don't. I think... You know, the, the club will invest in players and, and do what they think's best for them at that particular time and give them game time and introduce them to the first team. And then it's down to, you know, how it goes for there, how the, the individual reacts and probably a wee bit of luck involved in it as well. You know what I mean? You know, I always thought, I mean, Chris Bort was a good player, but I thought he was quite lucky. I thought he played in a poor Rangers team, you know, towards the end of McLeish's time. 
and that allowed them to get in at that particular time. You know, two or three years before that, you've got De Boer and, you know, McCann, and there's no chance he's getting into that team. You know, the, the, the quality of the, the, the squad had came down considerably by the time uh, McLeish is there. That gives him his chance. And that helps him, that helps his career, you know, and, and helps him to, to go on. And you know, he had a fairly decent career once he left Rangers, Chris Burke, you know what I mean? So there's loads of things sort of play a part in all this. And Stephen Gerrard, Michael Beale and all the rest of them will do what they think's best for, for Nathan Patterson. But I don't think it's an exact science. You just do the best you can for by the boys and then hope that one, they react. You know what I mean? And I think that's something I would have to say. I know Scott Wright's a wee bit older and 22, 23, but it looks like he's reacted to signing for Rangers. You know what I mean? It looks like his game has stepped up. His body shape is <laughs> totally different. You know, I think he's put on like four kilo of muscle. You know, you can see that he's thought, this is a big opportunity and I'm going to take it with both hands. I'm going to grab it. So that, that, that's part of it's luck, part of it's down to the player reacting. And part of it is, is, is there a place available in the squad for those guys to get a game? You know, so... I mean, Patterson could, can take all the advice from Steven Gerrard and go in there and, and work hard every single day. And Taft could just be performing at a level that means he's not really going to get an opportunity for a good few years. He might end up becoming frustrated and say, you know what, I, I need to move on to get football. I think that's what happened with McCrory. You know what I mean? I just think McCrory was becoming, I need to first, think, first team football. You know what I mean? And that's it. Middleton, I have to say, he started well, but I, I I always had my doubts about Middleton. He was a bit hot and cold. Uh, I always kind of, I didn't know if he, he quite had enough to be a Rangers player. I did with McCrory. I, I just think with McCrory, there was better players in front of him and he wanted first team football. And you just have to accept that. You know what I mean? That, that's just the way it goes. So I don't think we can avoid it. I think all we can do is, is, is trust Steven Gerrard and his, his coaching team to do what they can with, with, with Nathan Patterson. And then see, again, see what it takes is, you know, it looks like the player's reacting. You know, he's. In, it looks like he's enjoying it. Hopefully, he's learned his lesson for the party and the COVID stuff. And then you, you just see what happens. But if, I mean, if Taft comes back next season fit and is playing at that that level, it's going to be very, very hard to find game time for him. You know what I mean? And then it's about, well, how long is he prepared to put up for that? If he's operating at a level where he thinks he should be getting game time, how long is he prepared to wait for it? Yeah, I mean, I think thankfully he's he's grown up in a Rangers daft family who will yeah. ensure that he sticks around. But he, you, know, you just don't know. Um, so we've got Scott Wright, Nathan Patterson, Calvin Bassey. Three. Let's sort of bracket them as the three younger lads who have come in today, and I think all three of them done done very very well. Calvin Bassey as well. I mean, he he looks like a an absolute unit, and I thought. He shows good pace, he shows good strength, he shows good awareness. Again, he's kind of a throwback in the, the right Rangers mould at the moment. So so a lot of potential there for that boy. With those three, you know, now that the league has won, do you expect to see them featuring a little bit more in the running? Or do you think, given the way that the Premiership works and the split and that our next five fixtures are against the five hardest teams in the league, do you think that actually we'll revert to what we know when everyone's fit and we'll, we'll go with Borna, Tav, you know, had Jay and Kent instead of instead of right. I mean, I, I think I think he'll try and mix it up a wee bit, but again, it comes back to St. Mon. You know, I mean, I, I think I, I saw a guy today questioning the team, and someone came back with a good point saying, you know, the, the Scottish Cup's the main priority now. It would be nice to finish the season undefeated, but that's you know, that's 
you know, the, the, the icing on the cake. That's, that's not the cake itself. You know, that would be a nice wee thing to, to, you know, finish the season off. But if you, if we finished the season undefeated, but we didn't win the Scottish Cup, I'd probably be a wee bit disappointed with that. I want, an, I want another trophy. If we win the Scottish Cup and don't finish the season undefeated, I'll be happy with that. So, and I think Stephen Gerrard will view it the same way. So, I think there's a chance that he might look at the league games as the bigger opportunity to to rotate the squad and bring some boys in and get them game time and focus on getting as strong a team as they can together for the Scottish Cup games because it's all about trophies. You know what I mean? We've no won that Scottish Cup. Me and Alex were talking about this on Friday. We've no won the Scottish Cup 2009, 12 years ago or something like that. You know what I mean? It's far too long. Uh, and that game against Hibs still pisses me off. So... Yeah, Scottish Cup. Got to get the Scottish Cup because it's 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 far too long, and I, I just want to see another trophy. It would be nice to 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 wrap the season off with a double. So yeah, that, I can't remember who it was, but the, the the person that put that point over the day saying you know the league games provide a better opportunity to mix and match the squad, get boys in for game time, and then come the Scottish Cup games, put your best eleven out there, especially in the next game. You know, what I mean, the, the next games, the next game in the cup's crucial. You know, we get through that, and I think. I, Who's it we can get in the round after it? Well, that's 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 sort of the question I was going to. I was going to do a wee joke and sort of spoil it there. So thank you. Sorry, for that. I was going to say oh, I didn't. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> right, no, right. We'll we'll move on. We'll start talking about looking ahead in the Scottish Cup because you're right. That is what we have to play for. And um, in terms of trophies, that's you're right. Invincibles icing on the cake. Although I imagine actually the commercial department of Rangers is probably thinking I can flog a fair bit of invincible merch here. Yeah. Um, but well, I mean, the ideal scenario is we win the Scottish Cup and we go the season undefeated. Right. Exactly. If, you, if, if you're prioritising, then I'd, I'd rather have the Scottish Cup. Thanks very yeah. much. Exactly. No, I agree. I completely agree. Um, so, yes, let's sort of look ahead. The draw was done just before we kicked off the day's draw for the next round. Um, and it's not something we can avoid talking about. I suppose that professional performance did what I had to do today. I guess the question, Colin, is... Would you prefer St Johnston or Clyde? <laughs> was that your joke? That was my wee joke. Yeah. <laughs> totally spoiled. Bye. Not at all. No, uh, uh, seamless, Ross. Seamless. Mm. No one. I don't think anyone spotted that at all. Uh, um, I, would, I, would, I would. I would. rather have who's that? St Johnston or who? St Johnston or Clyde? Is it? Is it Clyde? I think it's Clyde. 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 I'd rather have Clyde. Yeah. Exactly. Right. No. Celtic at home next round, um, which I think will give us two old firms in two or three weeks, something like that. Um, both of which will be at home. Um, we were not at our best, I think it's fair to say, when, when we went to Parkhead a couple of weeks back. Got a, got a decent enough result, kept the unbeaten run going, um, frustrated them again. You'd expect us to perform a little bit better, I think, knowing what's at stake in the cup, being at home, having a wee bit of a scare in the last game. Are you going into that with confidence? Uh, well, in my, in my lifetime, uh, games against Celtic in the Scottish Cup, if we get them... It tends to be if we get them earlier in the tournament, they win. And when we got them in the semi-final and final, we tended to win. Uh, obviously, there's there's exceptions to that rule, but overall, that that's been my experience of of, of sort of supporting Rangers. So I was a wee bit nervous about that. Any time we get them early in the tournament, they tend to put us out. But no, you've got to view it as an opportunity. To, I mean, their season is ruined anyway. It's it's an absolute. It's a mess, you know. It's an absolute disaster, and the opportunity to just 
make it even worse is is is, is a pleasing one. You know, what I mean, that would be. I mean, it's two weeks a night, and it's what it's like seventeenth April or something like that. So, I mean, to have them absolutely no no trophies at all by the seventeenth April, and we've been directly responsible for two of those. Uh, I mean, that would, I mean, it would it would be another riot at Parkhead, wouldn't it? There would be more sharps getting chucked about outside Celtic Park. So, yeah. aye, that's that's the way you've got to look at it. I think you've got to look at it in a positive manner and say we've got an opportunity to really sort of piss their season right off because it's 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 a mess already. You know, they're already. I've, I've noticed recently they're calling the league the, the pandemic cup. Yeah, yeah. As, as, as if it never mattered. You know, I could, we weren't really that bothered this year. It's a pandemic cup. No one cares about it this year. Aye, okay, right, that's fine. Uh, and and to absolutely just completely ruin their season would, would be great. But it would, I mean, it's a double-edged sword. I mean, if they were to beat us, then it kind of doesn't ruin the season because we've, we've achieved the main goal. We've won the league. You know what I mean? And nothing's going to change that. That's, that's in the bag. Uh, but it would maybe just put up, you know, my experience is if we, normally you, you, you don't play, you've no won the league by the third round, fourth round of the Scottish Cup, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So it's normally towards the end. So if you've won the league and then you go out to the Cup in the semi-final or the final, it just puts a wee dampener on the season. You know what I mean? You're just like, just dampens it a wee bit. But uh, aye, you've got to look at it from a positive perspective and say this is an opportunity. And I think, you know, we've got a wee bit of a number on them now. You know, it's been a while yeah. since they beat us. Yeah. Uh, we didn't play well in the last game. Didn't play particularly well at the game at Ibrox. Yeah. So we've got two or three years to go up. So aye, bring it on. Yeah, exactly. And I think this this international break that we've just had, uh, and to a degree coming back and playing Cold Rangers, which has not over-exacted the players, we all seem to have got through that injury-free um that's been a good thing for us because we were looking a bit leggy and a bit fatigued and a bit worn down from the, the kind of relentless pursuit of 55 and the Europa, which was week after week after week. So um, let's take the next, you know, I think, what is it, St. John's, uh, Hibs, Hibs next weekend. Uh, let's kind of use that to get back up to speed and then kind of go into this all guns blazing two weeks today. I think what's good from our perspective here is that both teams, both Celtic and Rangers, stand to gain the same Obviously, we're both in to win the Scottish Cup, but they've got a hell of a lot more to lose than we do in this. Yeah, yeah, right? absolutely, yeah. So that's, and we've seen that this season, when they come under a bit of pressure, when they come under a bit of scrutiny, as we've been saying it for years and years, some, when someone can finally challenge Celtic and put them under a bit of pressure, let's see how they react. And they did not react well. So no. um, they've got a I mean, lot. I mean, I mean, you could maybe argue that, I mean, their last throw of the dice was probably the game at Ibrox in January mm-hmm. before they went to Dubai. And they had a good sort of 20, 25 minutes. You know, I, I mean, the, the, the narrative for that game is they, they dominated it. Mm-hmm. I, I rewatched it and first 25 minutes, they had, you know, a couple of opportunities. That save from McGregor, that's really the last real opportunity that they have. You know what I mean? Everything else is, after that is three kind of half chances, you know what I mean? And we upped it in the second half and I thought the second half was a wee bit more eachy peachy, a bit more liable. Yeah. So... Aye, if we if we can play the way we played against them in October at Celtic Park, where we, we, we totally bossed them, yeah. uh, then you'd have to say we're having a good chance. You know what I mean? So Ibrox were the were a better team than them, you know, by a good amount of points. Uh, so aye, bring it on. Absolutely, bring it on. Okay, fantastic. Well, look, um, before we move on, let me quickly just bring in a mention of one of our partners here at Chairsnet, which is footballprizes.co.uk. 
who are running another excellent competition. This time it's to win a framed uh, Rangers shirt signed by Stephen Davis, uh, who's obviously just taking over the record as the uh, British all-time international cap holder. I was always very nicely presented. All you have to do is head over to their website at footballprizes.co.uk and navigate through the competitions to find the Rangers shirt and purchase a ticket. Uh, I checked it just before we came live on air. There are only 17 tickets left out of 99, so you do need to be quick. Um, so either head over to their website at footballprizes.co.uk or to the Jazznet social media pages and you can get the direct link to that competition. Uh, Colin, we've rambled on for a, a good wee while about the game today, which is uh, always very enjoyable. But a couple of other bits and pieces that have been going on throughout the week. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of chat about Alan McGregor getting a new contract. We might come on to that in, in a moment. But, but one player who also signed up for another year and, and maybe hasn't had quite the same media buzz around it is Leon Balogun. Um, now, Leon Balogun obviously come in as a free signing this season. Um, speaks very, very well about the club. Always kind of represents the club nicely in the media, talking about how he can't wait to get the fans back in. And um, seems to have genuinely enjoyed his first year at Ibrox. He struggled, I think, moving to right back in, in the absence of Tav, and it's probably right that he was dropped for for uh, Patterson. With him sticking around for another year, where do you think that he'll fit into the pecking order of centre-halves? I don't see him coming back to right back at all. Um, but in terms of centre-halves, when we've got, presuming that Goldson, Hollander, Edmondson and Katic are all Rangers players next season, where does Balogun fit into that? Well, I mean, it depends on you know the movement and who comes and who goes. But I, I would imagine it would be much the same. You know, I, I think on that side, Gerard views it very much horses for courses. I, I actually think Hollander's the better player. You know, I think he's a better defender. I think he anticipates things a bit better. I think in games where <clears throat> I think Gerard sees the, the, the threats a wee bit more in behind uh, and a bit more speed. I think that's where he where he uses Balogun because yeah, Balogun's a he's a better recovery player, you know, and uh, I think so. I, I think that's how Gerard uses them. It's, it's it's horses for courses, so I think that will continue. You know what I mean? I mean, Sim, Simpson's just in London, now, isn't he? No, no, Simpson. Oh, no, so Simpsons, I mean, Simpson, oh, Simpson, Simpson, Simpson over there as well. So yeah, it, I mean, you just it's this thing that Gerard spoke about before. You know, competitions for places, and you'd have to say it's what. It's took him three years to get there. But, you know, he's, he's managed to bring a quality player in for, for every position, but players need to be at their absolute best. And the majority of the players, <clears throat> excuse me, in that team have to accept that they're not going to play every week. You know what I mean? They're, they're going to get a certain amount of games and then they're going to have to sit out and then to get back in that team, they, they need to work really hard. So competitions for places mm-hmm. has worked. You know what I mean? And I think, I think it's testament to how Gerard operates as a manager. I think he, he's obviously a very sort of honest and frank individual. And I think he'll say to players, look, if you show me your best every day in training, you'll get your opportunity. And that's it. You know what I mean? And I think that's why you've not had a huge amount, because you know, there's, there's been times when Arfield's not been getting a huge amount of game time. Hadji, you know, these players come in and out of the team. You don't hear any of them moaning. You don't hear any of them going to the press saying, oh, I'm not happy, I'm not playing. It seems to be quite the opposite. You know, the, 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 the sort of narrative that comes to these guys is, I need to just apply myself in training and keep working and, and then when my opportunity comes, I need to take it. And I think that that's a sign of, of a group of players that trust their manager and have a healthy relationship with their manager. There's no ill feeling when they're not getting game time. They just think, right, well, I just need to work harder. So I think it's the same in the centre-half positions. You know what I mean? I think players just think, the only one that's, that's a certain standard, let's face it, is Goldson. 
yeah. you know, he's going to be in there week in, week out, you know, and, and, and that's the way it is. For the other three, four, they, they just need to accept that they're going to get game time and then they're not going to get game time. And when they're out of the team, they need to work incredibly hard to get back in it. And then at some point, a player will get injured or he'll have a bad game or Gerald will have a change of mind on how he wants to, to approach a game and they'll get their opportunity. And that's it. And I, 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 it seems to me that the players are accepting that. So I, I don't see too many, or I certainly don't get the impression that too many, if any, of, of that current Rangers squad are unhappy. No, you're right. You make a very good point, I think, about Balogun versus Hollander, that Hollander is probably the more capable centre-half. And I think he's probably the smarter player. Yeah, um, yeah But Balogun has the pace. And I love a, a pacey centre-half. is is excellent to see. And um, he does recover incredibly well. We've seen that a number of times where he, he's behind his man, but he still comes back and makes the last-ditch tackle. It's an interesting one with Balogun because I'm actually I'm just looking at his career stats here. So he's you know he's played according to this 17 league games for Rangers, um, but everywhere else that he's been, he's never been a stalwart in the team. So the most the most appearances he's ever had for a club was when he was at Mainz in Germany, and he played 52 times. That was over a period of three years. So that's still not even playing every other yeah. game. Yeah. It's as if he's never really settled anywhere, I think, and, and had a, a starting impact. I and mean, he's played for Nigeria 32 times. But, I mean, that places Nigeria as the second team that he's played the most for. So it's it's a really interesting one that he's kind of flipped around a lot in his career. Um, I don't know. I, I expect... But you, you, would have to, you would have to say that, that that's good recruitment, though. You know, you would have to say that 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 that, that comes down to maybe Ross Wilson and and Gerard and Michael Beale and all others uh, in that squad identifying players who maybe are that don't look like they're they're going to get a huge amount of game time, but they're saying, no, you know what? If we bring this guy in and we develop him, he'll do a job for us. And uh, don't want to go on about Scott right again, but he's another example. I don't think any of us really knew who that boy was. No, right? And every game that he's played for Rangers when you're trolling through social media and when I'm speaking to other Rangers fans, all of them are saying, that'd be right. Mm-hmm. What, what player we found? You know what I mean? So it comes down to identifying the player and thinking, you know what? Maybe maybe people don't see a huge amount in that player right now, but if we bring him in and, and, and get him in the ways that we play and, and get him up to speed, he will do a job within this team. I'd, I'd, my, my mate, no, my mate, sorry, my son always goes on to me about Andy Robertson, Right why he doesn't play so well with Scotland as, as he does with Liverpool. And I'm not I'm not going down on Andy <laughs> I'm going down on Andy Robertson. I don't want to play him down, but I think Andy Robertson fits into that Liverpool system. Yeah. I don't think Andy Robertson is necessarily a world class left back. I think Klopp identified him as you know what? He's the type of player that will fit into my system the way I want to play. And it makes him look a better player than maybe he actually is, if you know what I mean. And again I don't want to uh, sort of play down what Andy Robertson does. He's, he's, he's a great player, but I don't think he's a world class left back. And I think you see that when he plays in any other team mm-hmm. other than Liverpool because he doesn't have the same players around him and he doesn't do the same job. You know what I mean? He fits into that system perfectly. And I think that's the sort of thing that maybe that's happened with, with Scott Wright and, and, and maybe with Balogun. It's, it, it's, Rangers have identified these guys and thought, you know what? No one really thinks that this person will do a job, but we we will take them and we'll make them do a job and they'll fit into their team well. And you have to say, the, the the recruitment since Ross Wilson's arrived at the club has been impressive. You know what I mean? There's no one came in the door and you thought, oh, oh that's a great signing. 
couple of them are like, who's that? And then they turn out to, to, to be, you know, I mean, we'll, you just need to look where we are. You know, we're 20-odd points clear in the league and only conceded X amount of goals. Everything that Rangers have done in terms of recruitment over the last couple of years has been top-notch. And yeah. it's been players that not a huge amount of people would have went, yeah, we will have them. Well, it's funny. I, I made I said the exact same thing from old man today about Scott Wright was that it's just a boy who, if you look at output and numbers and stats and metrics, not doing a great deal at Aberdeen. Yeah. You know, goals and assists, not really anywhere. A um, lot of time out injured. And I don't particularly, until until the game that we played against them when everyone knew that we were signing him, I remember him then, but I don't really remember him. I don't remember him at all playing against us or you know, watching no. sports or anything like that. So that shows, I mean, firstly, it shows I could never be a scout because I would never look <laughs> at that boy and think, he'll fit in, he's not playing right, he's not playing in the right system, he's not playing in the right style of team at the moment, but if we pluck him and put him in this style of team, it will set him alight. And it has yeah. done, doesn't it? I mean, whether that's Ross Wilson or Andy Scolding or whichever scout it was that's, that's picked this boy out, it shows, that, I mean, yeah, the sort of craft of, the, of scouting. The, the, well, there is an act to scouting and there is a sort of, the, the one that I always remember, and I hate to talk about Paul Lambert because obviously he's a Celtic man and all the rest of it, but he played twice against Borussia Dortmund for Motherwell. I think it was in the, U, the, the UEFA Cup. They took him like that. Right. And see the minute he signed for them, I can remember seeing a couple of mates going, what are they seeing that none of us can see? I don't even think Paul Lambert was an international at the time. You know what I mean? It was just like, he's got Rangers and Celtic in his doorstep. He's been playing for Motherwell for Christ knows how many years and no one's been that interested in him. Yeah. Borussia Dortmund play against him twice and they're like, we'll have him. Thank you very much. What are they seeing that we don't see? So there, there is an act here. You know what I mean? You, 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 people just say you just turn up and pick the best players. It doesn't really work like that. You know what I mean? You have to have an in-depth knowledge and you have to see something in a player and think, well, you'll fit in with the system that we're operating and it'll make him a better player and it'll make us a better team. Yeah. And I don't think any Rangers supporter, maybe one or two, but I don't think any Rangers supporter would have identified Scott Wright no. as a potential signing. No. I, you could argue that what, what happened with Paul Lambert, we've done the same with Borna. You know, we played against Osijek. Yeah, yeah. And again, I, I don't particularly remember. I mean, I know that Borna, Borna scored against us. And so people were saying, we're signing him because he scored. I think I'm sure he scored. But um, I don't particularly remember him as a player. And I, I, I do, I imagine that, because that was a reasonably new management team at that time. I reckon they've, they've, they've looked at him and gone, that's the compliment to have on the right. That's the kind of fullback that we need. You need um, a fair play to them because that's worked out to Croatia's starting left back, you know. To go on about Andy Robertson again, it was the same when we played against him in the third division. Yeah. You know, it wasn't until he signed with Hull and Liverpool, I was like, actually, we played against that guy. We played against him when he was with Queen's Park and I'm looking back through all the games and ah, he's definitely there. Can't remember him. You yeah. know what I mean? And you're, So there is, you know, the, the, I'm sure some people in, in, in the, you know, Hamden and Ibrox when we played against uh, Queen's Park and Andy Robertson was playing. Maybe some guy saw something, but I certainly didn't. You know, all I saw was Lee Wallace. I thought it's the best left back in Scotland. You know yeah. what I mean? Whereas <laughs> you've got Andy Robertson doing what he was doing, and but someone seen something in him, took him to Dungeon United, then he's went to Hull and then went to Liverpool. So it is. It's a it's it's a skill and it's a knack, and uh, there's not many people have it. I don't think, but Ross Wilson does. Or it would appear that he does. So to sum that conversation up, Leon Balogun's okay. Very much, eh? <laughs> <laughs>
Right, um, he'll need to accept that he's not going to get a game every week. No, and, Holland, and Holander's a better defender. So he's, he's had a career of accepting that he's not getting a game every week. He's not had a career of winning titles if he really goes. So I think yeah, he's true. happy uh, enough. You know? um, before we finish, just to, to pick up on the, the COVID situation with, with Rangers, obviously the sanction came out earlier this week. Um, the, the, the five players were getting six game bans. And Rangers have gone on to appeal that, which obviously was uh, allowed Patterson to play today, allowed Val, uh, Calvin Bassey to play today. I think Zungu had a had a wee injury, so he was he wasn't playing. But um, the situation is under appeal now. To me, six games, I think it's harsh. I understand that. Yes, this is not. You know, we're we're, we're far enough down the line with, with COVID that the players should have known better. I think the reporting of this as you know, the party and Rangers players, I think is unfair because by all accounts, this was them getting together just with them, maybe their partners, having some pizza and watching the UFC or something. So party, not sure. Six games seems a bit much to me. Do you expect there to be any kind of positive outcome from this appeal? Or do you think in a way it might have been a tactical thing to ensure that whilst Tavernier was still injured, we can have appropriate cover at right back? I think it's a bit of both, but I do think Rangers need to to get some answers on this because the inconsistencies that, that, that have been sort of evident when it when it comes to punishment relating to COVID stuff. You know, did, did Celtic get any punishment for Dubai? No, because no. I, I think that, I mean, I don't know if there's been any investigation into it, but I think the line that you would get from the SFA is no evidence of rule breaking. Everything that they did in Dubai was legal in terms of Dubai's laws as they exist. Well, but, I mean, I mean that's fair enough if that's if that's SFA's line, but it's hard to take that at face value when John Kennedy himself said, "Yeah, we slipped up, we we, we broke some COVID rules." Yeah. You know what I mean? And they, they also they all they were also allowed to play Shane Duffy when when he took a separate flight home and all that kind of yeah. thing. And then you've had was it St Mirren and Kilmarnock? I mean, Alex spoke about this on Friday. They got punishments related to COVID infringements. They appealed it on the back of the Dubai stuff, yeah. and then and then they were they were let off. So there's there's no consistency in this. I mean, don't, as far as I'm concerned, you know the players are guilty. Uh, all being right on this, all being fair and consistent on this, then I would be just accepting the six game ban. But I think Rangers are right to appeal it, and I think we're right to ask some some big questions about how these bans are are worked and why the lack of consistency in certain things. Do I think? <laughs> it'll, it'll end well for us probably not no I don't think so I think I think the players will they'll maybe get a couple of games taken off I don't know but uh, it'll, it'll not be enough I, I'll be surprised if we see them again this season put it, put it that way but uh, I I mean don't get me wrong the guy the, the, the players involved are stupid they've only got themselves to blame but that doesn't detract from the fact that there are some serious questions in terms of punishments for COVID and, and who's getting them and who's not Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think part of me thinks that's why Rangers have appealed. I think part of it was to get players available for today, but I also think they, they want some questions answered because it's not right. Biggest issue with, with the bans, of course, is it'll probably be Balogun at right back against Celtic. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. That's, and he, he he did he did struggle. Um, in Tav, yeah. so the reports now Tav is sort of training on grass, but training by himself. Yeah. In two weeks, that's going to be a gamble. It's, I, I don't. I can't see him be ready for two weeks. I'll be very surprised if I actually see him this season. I think he might make a substitution appearance 
in the last five minutes against Aberdeen to come on and, and, and get the trophy. I, th- I think for all intents and purposes, his, his season's finished. So, when you look, there'll be a clearer situation with Ryan Jack. You know, and what's going on with him, he's an option for right back. But, yeah, that's probably the, the only concern going into this game against Celtic. You know, these the, the, the ban and Patterson uh, causes of the problem. Yeah, good point. I mean, you say that we'll probably not see them for the rest of the season, but five games left in the league, four games left in the Scottish Cup, plenty of time. Maybe. Well, it all depends. One game at a time, Ross. Come on, yeah. if, if, if Mr. Gerrard has told us anything, it's one game at a time. So we have five league games and one Scottish Cup game. Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, listen, that sort of takes us very, very close to the hour. I think that's probably uh, enough chat considering it was just the one game this week. Um, so a massive thank you to Colin for, for giving up a Sunday evening to come and, and chat away with me this afternoon. Uh, and a massive thank you as well to everyone who's been getting involved in the live stream and giving us their comments and thoughts on today's game. Um, the show will, of course, be back uh, over the coming week. We will have a preview show on Friday looking ahead to the Hibs game and then a, a main show next Sunday evening, 9.30pm on YouTube Live as well with the show available for download the following Monday. Um, the other thing to say is please do head over to the website at www.jersnet.co.uk. Check out the excellent content that we have here and please do support our partners over at footballprizes.co.uk. As we're saying at the moment, please do stay safe in these times of COVID. Uh, the world is starting to open up, so let's... Uh, Stay safe with that and and stay responsible. Thank you very, very much for joining us and have a great week.